You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Everybody! <laughs> Hey, welcome, everybody. <laughs> that was not. Podcast number 104. Keith, what do we talk about today? We talk about all kinds of things, like the big giant ceremony where they give rich people gold statues, the Oscars. We also talked about how we would write the sequel to Inside Out. We talked about Montreal's Nuit Blanche. We talk about Netflix's Love. And we also talk about a barcade, which is maybe a bad place for a date, but there's one that just opened up in Montreal called the North Star. North star what else john we talked about how wonderful it is to be catered to as man children we talked about andrew bowser a weird gamer guy who you should go check out his youtube videos and then we talked about wrestling like a local uh, event the cwa that was attended by a two-year-old who was delighted we talked about iws and the return of shane mcmahon uh who is goofy and possibly scott shaped all this, oh, and, this more. and more <laughs> on the nine to five <laughs> entertainment system The 9 to 5 entertainment system where Scott may or may not poop on the podcast. Because Scott is we're, we're treading new ground yep, here. Uh, I think <coughs> we are. Uh, this is another one of our uh, a remote 9to5.cc events. Uh-huh. Because uh, Scott was spending the day with his kids, so he's calling in instead of uh, you know actually sitting in the room with us. The studio. The studio. Oh. The studio. Apartment. Right. Uh, and... Because of that, we don't know like if he's wearing clothes. I like to think he's podcasting naked. I mean, uh, like I think the because you and Wait, I are. Wait, do I like to think that? I was gonna say because you and I, I are know. obviously <laughs> podcasting naked. It <laughs> only stands to reason that so is Scott. <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? The Oscars were last night. The Oscars That's were last night. I'm looking at the list of Oscars to see if there's like enough material here that is worthy of discussion. I feel like the whole Leonardo. Um, Dra- drama llama was was pretty exciting. Le- Leonardo drama llama explain. I mean, like, well, he he finally won best actor. Well, that was it. I mean, people have been saying for years and years he's been doing fantastic roles. Right. His, his like partnership, um, musedom for Mr. Scorsese has, um, you know, that's elevated that, his career. Yeah, and that partnership has often yielded Oscar-worthy performances, right. and um, people were ticked off that he hasn't gotten one. And then he did it. And then he did it. But then uh, the drama, of course, is that was Revenant truly deserving or was this like one of those awards where they give it for their the the career? The body of work award. Yeah, exactly. Like, did you guys both see the Revenant? I did not. No, I've I've meant to. And I've heard it was very, very, very good. Yeah, it was really good. (coughs) But was it like, okay, so do you know the story in basics? Yeah, yeah. I think we've even talked about this a little. We talked about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, man uh, left for dead by his buddies and then survived through a super long time. Through gruesome ordeals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One yeah. thing I found out about that I don't know if we talked about this the last time we brought up The Revenant is mm-hmm. that there was no artificial lighting on the set of The Revenant. Really? Everything was like source lighting. Wow. There were some really, really, really beautiful shots in there that I felt like had to be. I mean, obviously it was doctored up afterwards. Well, like yeah. I mean, like you can still, like, you can, like, obviously, like, change exposure and things. Yeah. yeah. But there was still no, like, artificial light sources brought in for any of the shots um there was one of the awards was cinematography which the revenant also took and i feel like that was like unquestionably deserved it was wonderful and it was up against like hateful eight and mad max you know which both were very good mad max i think won the most oscars right it It won six five or six six. yeah it won six and they're mostly all technical ones but (laughs) but that makes sense it was a stupendous yeah exactly like the, the, the 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 performances in mad max were like the, all the characters are basically two dimensional. Yeah, like, sort of. And I mean, yeah. like they're, they're like they're, there's. I'm not saying they're they're like they're bad characters mm-hmm. or whatever, but it's like a character has like a, each character has like a singular driving goal. Right. And then they pretty much stick to that the entire time. Like yeah, yeah You know, yeah. and like and the s- the storyline, as everybody's pointed out, is <laughs> they drive one way for half the movie, and then they're like shit, turn okay. and drive back. On. It's like, yeah, I'm just saying, I can get why I didn't rack up acting. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Like, on the subject, though, of, like, 
uh, Oscars given for a career's worth of work. Right. Right. Ennio Morricone won for best score for The Hateful Eight. Right. And I felt that he was, like, tragically underused in the film. I mean, maybe it was a beautiful score, and there were some scenes where he got, like, his music came through. Right. But comparing the, like, driving force of music in, like, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly compared to this, it doesn't... I don't... I actually... Didn't have the same Sarah impact. Sarah and I went through the winners this morning. Yeah. And she, like actually said, I don't think I would have enjoyed Hateful Eight if it wasn't for the music. Really? Like, if they fucked that up. Like, I'm not saying that another score wouldn't have, like, served. Yeah. But he's like, she's like, if it, if it wasn't for the music, I think that I wouldn't have been on board with everything that was going on. Like, especially, like, the re- like the returning to the theme all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. it would always, like, whatever was going on in the scene, there'd be music in a, a lot of the background scenes. Mm-hmm. And then when, like, there was, like, a turn or whatever, it would, like the main score, like, the main theme would play again, and you're like, oh, shit. And also, uh, uh, we talked about this last when we were talking about Hateful Eight. Mm -hmm. Did you see it with the overture or not? I did not. Yeah, which I feel it almost, (coughs) like, it certainly added to it because it, like, Mm. it established the key notes of the score with before without any visual kind of like as a character almost yeah exactly it, yeah. so it's like so when it like when it comes back the first time you know like you're already familiar with the music hmm. and i think that it kind of that maybe the, in the version that i saw there also wasn't really an intermission it just okay. like it just jumped between the two bits okay yeah right. but yeah exactly right. that's it like i i thought i mean i don't know really what score the only other score to me that like stuck out yeah was mad max yeah. like which, any, which did have an incredibly driving yeah like I don't even know what the word is perfectly, but it was like it, it imperative. Like you, you're like forced into being thrilled, especially I, in the opening sequence. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah. like once they actually like take to the cars, it's rare that there isn't music in the background. Yeah. and it's yeah. like and du- like pulsing, driving. Yeah, because it's the Duke yeah. Warrior, man. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it <laughs> and and it goes back that he's like making the beat of the yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. You know? it's, it's like, so good. It's just like every now and then it's like there, even though. The scene is with Max and Furiosa and the mm-hmm. wives or whatever. You hear like the dun 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 dun, yeah, dun yeah, yeah. like in the background, and you're like, it's just like a reminder that you're like, Immortan Joe's caravan is like just right, ba- right yeah, there. It's, yeah, it's coming, you know. Well, sa- uh, Mad Max did win sound editing and sound mixing. So yeah. I guess there's there's that. Yeah, I think it won sound editing, sound mixing. I want to say probably visual effects. Nope, Ex Machina won. Uh, oh visual right. Effects. Did yeah, you? Yeah. Did either of you guys watch that? No, but I heard wonderful things about it. I did oh, see it. God, it. I've been I've been waiting to watch it. Yeah, waiting for what? It's like sitting there on Netflix. For when your boy grows up? No, it's. I feel like it's the kind of thing where you need to be like mentally invested to watch it. That is correct. It is a slow-paced, slow-paced, like cranial sci-fi. Well, it's it's Alex Garland who wrote it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and a lot of the time, I come home from work and then I put the kid to bed, and uh, it's like eight thirty, and I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna watch Supergirl now." That's (laughs) what I got left in the tank. (laughs) You know. Well, it didn't. Uh, it didn't grip me. I was a little disappointed in it, but maybe I need to give it another go because I kind of like stopped watching halfway through, and then I don't know. Didn't do it. Didn't do it for <laughs> me. I don't know, man. I don't think Alex Garland has ever really like led me astray. You took away the notepad and you stopped taking. Oh uh, yeah, I totally did that. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna write Oscars on it here. Yeah, Look, yeah, yeah we, we talked about the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, Mad Max also won for costume design and editing. Yeah. Yep, I could totally production see. design. Production design that like. Pretty much goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, masterful. A lot, for sure. But like I said, I think uh, it, it singularly won the most awards. And like, admittedly, yes, technical awards, so yeah. which is, however, you're gonna wanna, wanna, explain that away. But I'm like, and I, and I think that's totally fair for what it was. It was mm-hmm. probably like, the best, technical movie that I've seen in a super long time. Like, sure. Like, sure. whereas, and, and I mean to diminish nothing of the acting, but it's not like. It's not like a tour de force out of any of the yeah, single yeah, yeah. characters. Absolutely. You know, like the acting is fuck is super delivers what it's doing. There's no bad acting in Mad Max, but it's not like Oscar winning performances out of anybody, you know? Right. Uh, the other thing yeah. that was interesting is this is back to back years mm-hmm. with Spotlight having one best picture. For and last year Birdman won Best Picture, which yeah. means back to back years where Michael Keaton was in the Oscar winning best pe- best feature film. Yeah. So what the hell, Michael Keaton? But I guess like <laughs> welcome back to he's, stardom. He's back. <laughs> it's like welcome back to being a great big star. Because he was nominated for best actor. Hmm? He was not nominated for best actor. Well, not this year, but last year he sure was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was he was definitely. But I don't, but you know what I mean. I mean like if you're I feel that if you're in back to back best pictures, regardless of your acting talent, you are now like kind of an A list actor. 
Like, I mean, like Tom Cruise is never going to win an action <laughs> Oscar for Best Actor, but he's yeah. still an A-lister. Yeah. Spotlight won two awards, though. Best, best original screenplay yeah. and Best yep. Picture. Those are so kind of the, the big director. ones, though. Yeah, those are those yeah. are pretty big awards, yeah. <laughs> but without without the Best Director or any of the Best Actors or... Did you guys like, see it? How did you make the best picture? I, I always, I always find I, <laughs> That's I've, actually I've, a good question. I've always had that problem specifically, which is, to me, if you win best director, you also win best picture in a way, like because well, like the director's job is to put together the sum total of the piece. Like he, he has his hands I, in. I disagree everything. so strongly. Sometimes all of the p- components of a creative piece can be more than the sum of their parts, and that's what happens when the best picture is not the director who was there like he, it wasn't like it wasn't through his work that the thing came together just perfectly but okay but, but it is but though, like i can see that i can see that like if an actor like is a tour de force performance yeah right like he comes out and he like just just grabs you by the throat and drags you into it being the best picture maybe sometimes yeah. it's a director who's like a technical he's built this technical masterpiece where everything fits together and he's used all his tools together mm-hmm. but for a movie to win best picture and not have either of those yeah, but I mean, I guess no. But in this case, it had writing, right? Okay, but, and that's where it yeah, came but from. Writing, no acting or directing, like the only. But but the thing is though is, is when it, when it says best actor, so I guess this is a situation because like first of all, Spotlight is <clears throat> um, an ensemble piece, right? Like there's like Mark Ruffalo's in it, Michael Keaton's in it, like a bunch of other people are in it. Mm-hmm. So if you're like if you have ten great performances. Is it could it elevate the movie beyond a single performance like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant? You know what I right. mean? Like, like no one of them was as good as him, but like some total made Spotlight a better picture than The Revenant. I think kind of that's what Best yeah. Picture is kind of going for. And I think that's what happened here. I guess I didn't see Spotlight, so I can't really hey. comment. You know what it's about? I do not. It is about the uh, the Boston Globe. Um, I don't know. But the church, the church scandal. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It was the, the what scandal? The church scandal about um, there was a priest who had molested a bunch of children. Yeah, like oh the yeah, 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 the and they two- moved him like right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like the all two- organized it. Yeah, yeah, like the the two thousand and one story breaking of like we have facts of the Roman Catholic Church f- for real, like covering up molestation and child right. abuse right, and right, whatever right. else like that. And apparent, and a lot of people have even gone on to uh, at least implicate the fact because like uh, Pope Francis issued a formal apology i want to say a week ago something like that and people are saying that like spotlight the movie bringing that back into the public eye like i Mm -hmm. mean it's not like anybody really forgot yeah you know but you know what it was just but it's just sort of like just like bringing that back into the public eye like even prompted like a formal apology which which had never happened yep right like the like the pope had never issued a formal although he did condemn it and and the practice of covering up like way 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 more sternly than any other pope For sure, and yep. I, I think that even when it happened, uh, Pope John Paul still condemned it, yeah. but never issued an apology. Right, right. You know, right, like they're saying, like yes, that behavior is completely, you know, intolerable and deplorable and whatever. But right. like, it's a little bit different to be like, yeah, and we're sorry. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, there's a well, difference between like there's like an admission of culpability there. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Neato. So Documentary. That, wh- yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Did you see any of these films? Documentary. I was going to say any film. Did, yeah. you, did you get around to see Mad Max even? Yeah, I saw Mad Max. Stuff that was nominated. I saw Mad Max. I saw The Martian. I saw Creed. I really like Creed a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, they, Creed got more or less snubbed, though, right? Like, it was nominated for a couple things and nothing won, I don't think. I mean, it's really hard to give Stallone an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor <laughs> <laughs> like, at all. I, it's just, I get it. I, I was surprised he was nominated at all. Yeah. Um, so that was cool that it happened. Um, I saw a bunch of the animated ones. Oh yeah, yeah I saw Inside Out. Oh yeah, Inside Out was great. Inside Out, like it's just it's just there to make adults cry. Like <laughs> it's not even yeah. fair. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's really there. Like if you have a nostalgic bone in your body, it's going to make you cry. Yeah, I watched it and also I got all choked up. John actually has seen it and he was like, Man, it was kind of okay." It was no, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't like choked up at any point in it, so I suppose I am not nostalgic, but like. It was certainly interesting. Did you like your childhood? Let's go deeper. Did, Did I ever... like my childhood? <laughs> have Have your emotions all killed each other off? <laughs> no, well, I guess at the time they had it, so no, it was traumatic. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, but like, when you now are you like just there's like one little guy up there, and it's like logic, and he's all alone. <laughs> no, he's just whipped all of the other ones into submission. <laughs> Joey's like, let's go running around. Logic's like, that's dumb. They're like, okay. no, no, no. Here's what I was thinking. Okay, in the sequel to Inside Out, right. what's going to happen is they're going to acknowledge that there is in fact two separate control rooms right okay one of them is the logic control room and the other that is not at all part of the film inside out right. and they're actually acting against each other and then as you become an adult they have to learn to work together right. the logic and the emotional one rather than just like fighting over what the body does at any given time well, and they, so that should learn to work together should learn to work together there. right and so that's like the coming of age uh, sequel maybe <laughs> you're just sort of like we have like the, the logic dudes yeah and there are, there are like four or five of them that that all have like different aspects of like rationality analysis deductive, reason. deductive reasoning like <laughs> all this like super complicated shit that kids won't get into at Skepticism all and... right right exactly like you can like you have them like calling down to the emotions being like this doesn't make sense yeah why are we uh why are we going out with this girl yeah exactly like, uh, this girl is bad news all five of us completely agree this yeah, exactly. girl is terrible we, we ran all the numbers and yeah. this girl is really bad bad for you and joy's just like i love you she makes me feel happy right <laughs> you're just like oh god we're nothing can is there anything we can do to override this decision <laughs> just, but i mean i guess quick, I don't know, grab like, her cell phone hmm? quick grab her cell phone <laughs> uh, i wonder but i was like as someone who has made very dumb decisions that defy logic uh-huh. like a lot of the time i don't know i don't think how many people have like a side where logic always wins? Like, because usually the emotions trump logic a lot of the time for I think a lot of the people. Uh, yeah, maybe there's just like two guys in logic and they have to take shit twelve-hour shifts. Well, <laughs> no, I think logic like often rules people's decisions. Maybe not these like g- the grand like girl I'm gonna date ones, but like yeah, in normal a... behavior in life, you don't yeah, just yeah, run yeah. around running up and down stairs because it makes you happy unless you're fucking five, which is what happens in that film. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, exactly. That's what I I'm saying. I don't know, man. I know a lot of fitness people, and they, they do that. A lot of what people? Fitness people. Oh, that's true. But oh, I, yeah. I, I guess I do They run up and down stairs because it makes them happy. I guess yeah, so. But I it, say that, and I, I literally did that for months preparing <laughs> for Africa. So. Yeah, but I mean, but that was like to a grander goal. Like, right. that wasn't just like for the joy of running up and down the stairs. True. It was like to get your body into shape. Like, kids aren't thinking about getting their body into shape. Right. Like, you know. Is there any other, I guess, Oscar noteworthy? Mm-hmm. I think I I know there was, yeah. like the, was Chris Rock got in a whole bunch of trouble with sororities. Why? What did What did Chris Rock say about sororities? Is Hollywood racist? Damn right, Hollywood's racist. But it isn't racist like you've grown accustomed to. Hollywood is sorority racist. <laughs> what? <laughs> Explain. Yeah, keep Hollywood going. Hollywood is sorority racist. It's like we like you, Rhonda, but you're not a kappa. That's how Hollywood is. I guess so. Is that racist? <clears throat> What? No, sorority I, races? Like like... Studies have been done to say that a lot of sororities are like some of the most homogeneous, undiverse places right, right, right. Okay, in exactly. higher education in the world. Right? Like similar financial situations, similar goals, similar like life. Okay, but and... isn't that kind of like you, you show up and you get put in a club with people who are like you? Isn't that yeah. kind of how it works? You don't, I mean... you don't show up. You have to apply. Yeah, you apply and then you're then you're hazed and then you're whatever. Right. I guess, and but anyway, but th- I think the point that Chris Rock was trying to make was that like Hollywood will put a ton of black people into their films. Yeah, they just won't give them Oscars, or they just put them in in supporting roles. Yeah, they won't make them leads. Right. Yeah, exactly. So the, the instant backlash from a bunch of white girls in sororities was astounding. Oh my God, we have one black member. <laughs> We're totally diverse. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, you can uh, you can see so many of them just going, "Oh my God, this is unbelievable." <laughs> and because he used Kappa as a, as an example. Right, all the Kappa Kappas ones got extra stopped. salty. But did he do it? Did, did Chris Rock come out and do anything like particularly? I, I I saw mostly meh about Chris Rock hosting duties. Like I didn't hear about the sorority thing, but like judging from my Facebook feed last night, people were just sort of like, okay, Chris Rock. Yeah. You could either be like more offensive or more funny or something. Well, supposedly he did it 15 years ago and kind of fucked it up, and yeah. this time it, it was like totally okay, not not like not like out of the park, but was like pretty good. Hmm. Yeah. I also know that Leo used his platform about to uh, to have winning best actor to get in a little bit about climate change. Really? Yeah. Good on him. Yeah, yeah. He was like, he's like, uh, something terrible is happening in the world. He's like, we filmed a movie about like 
the dead of winter and literally had to go to the Arctic to film it. Like, we shouldn't have had to do that. Right. We should have just gone to somewhere in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, but we couldn't because that place doesn't exist anymore. And this film is only set like 100 years ago. <laughs> like, He's not wrong. Yeah. But he's preaching to the choir, I guess. That's kind of like a... I suppose. But I mean, but there's also a shit ton of people watching the That's Oscars, true. I feel, who are not... Like, there are... Somebody's denying climate change, right? Like, right, it's right, just right. like it's not people that we know. Did you notice also that like when you got the award, you had to give your list of people you thank, and then it like put it as a ticker at the bottom of the screen, so you didn't spend like all your time up there being like, I want to thank Billy and Mama and Gene and whatever. So like that shit just like showed up on the screen while you were doing your other talking. So you could you could do real do that stuff. Exactly. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was. I mean, I guess like what do you just submit? Everybody have each winner submit that, I suppose. I guess. Match? Or they just they had everybody submit their lists in yeah, case they were going like to win. Each yeah. nominee, yeah. I guess, yeah. submits it. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw like twenty minutes or something when I got home from dinner. Neato. Yep. So the Oscars they happened. Uh huh. Nuit Blanche happened, and I feel like none of us did anything for Nuit Blanche. Nope. Nope. Didn't do anything. I mean, I had a bunch. Of, I had people over to <laughs> drink and play board games and stuff. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and I guess the, one of the people that I was over is in a long-term relationship with the person who owns the Fairmount Plaza. And there was a new Blanche activity there that we were not at. We were instead playing video board games and so video the games. The Fairmount Plaza? Yeah, yeah. The new a it's a, the, a new venue that's uh, on Park. So they weren't at their own new well, Blanche party? I mean, it's like their, their boyfriend's thing. <laughs> right. But, I mean, he works there all the time, though. So it's like, it's kind of one of those, unless there's, like, a, a show that she wants to go see. Right, right, right. It's not going to be like if you, like, owned metropolis you're not going to come to every show that's at metropolis unless it's a show you want to see right right but yeah sure. but it was kind of funny we were like man we are the fucking lamest people in the world <laughs> because we're just sort of like let's get together and play drawful on the playstation fuck 4. you man drawful's awesome i know it's super fun yeah. but compared to like going out to the reblanche and like oh metros are running all night and like a bunch of bars apparently like piloted drinking till six and really all that stuff yeah yeah crazy there's a whole bunch of stuff that went down and apparently was a a grand success and one of the better Nuit Blanches because it, for once, wasn't minus a gazillion. Right. Which it okay. often is hey. in late February. Let, let's all give thanks to global warming. Uh, I mean, it got cold the next day. Yeah. To be, it to did. be fair. It did. This February weather is some level of bullshit, man. It's I like, don't know. Was it's it? Just, it's so warm and so cold, but, like, from day to day. Yeah. Like, it just, like, jacks up in one day, then gets cold. Even hour day. to hour. I feel like it was really cold this morning when I went out. And then, I like, walking here for this, it was it's kind of nice and toasty out there now. Yeah, it's so messed up. Yeah. Like, that's that's a terrifying thing. We were like, why is the climate just going bonkers? Right. Ask Leonardo DiCaprio. So, I guess, what else? What are you guys up to? What are you playing? What are you, what are you watching? I watched all of Love. All of Love. I think I'm three or four episodes down. Okay. So, so Love is the Judd Apatow uh, Netflix collaboration. With Paul Rust and something, Yerfina. The chick from Community. Yeah, no, but she's not the one who collaborated. She's just an actor. What do you mean just an actor? She's like the face of the show. I know, but Paul Rust, yeah. like the boy of the show, right. is also a writer and showrunner of the show. Oh, no shit. So and she isn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, like, that guy's on like Apatow-level involvement of the show, not just actress uh, acting. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So it's I would say it's more his show yeah. than her show because he also like wrote and created it. Fair with, enough. With you want to Google this, Scott? Since you're at a computer. Yeah, sure. Uh, love Netflix uh, creators, I guess. It'll be Paul Rustin. Will be another name. I think it's something Irfina. Okay. Who, if you Google her, yeah, looks a lot like a trendy tattooed hipster chick. Okay. So I feel it's about her. Like it's about her. Only she's just like not an actress. Cause right. She also co-wrote the thing and right. whatever else like that. And I mean, and I guess that kind of makes it a little more understandable because it almost the love story almost seems unbelievable. Yeah. Right. Like it's if you have you seen of it or heard of it, Scott at all? I've seen it as a new release on on Netflix. Right. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, created by Judd Apatow, Paul Rust, and Leslie Arfin. Arfin. Okay. That was close. I said Arfina. Yeah, not bad. Leslie Arfin. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> anyway, so the premise is basically there's this uh, nerdy, dorky dude uh, is played by Paul Rust who is, I guess, like, dorky charming, I suppose. I find him kind of too annoying. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I just don't buy some of the scenes where he's being, like, annoying and people aren't just like, shut the fuck up, get the fuck out. But mostly his friends, right? Like, yeah. a lot of, uh, like, I feel that he, he treads between being... Almost like ignored for being like a dork, mm -hmm. where people are just like, "Oh, fucking whatever," and then people are like, "Oh, this is kind of kind of fun." Yeah. But then nobody seems to really want to like 
get to know him that much better other than he's kind of fun. Except for at the party scene when there's the one girl who does. Right. But he really pisses off the guy first by being tattooing him. Yeah. Like a fucking jackass. That's so fucking funny, though. <laughs> anyway, so, and then kind of, like, falling for uh, this girl who's, like, in AA trying to get her life together. Ish. Ish. Ish trying to get her life together. Yeah. Like, not really succeeding at no. getting her life together. Like, she, she's pretty shitty. And then I guess, and I mean, you kind of felt he wasn't that shitty, but I think he was. Yeah, I think he's. Or you thought you, you didn't think he was. You thought he was kind of a bad person. I think he's really a bad. He's person. He's not really a bad person. He's just, he's, he's just like, like a super nerdy, bumbly kind of guy. I don't know. I found like the characters were much less believable, basically across the board, than you're the worst. It's like in the same territory, and I just like I buy the characters in you're the worst much more, mm-hmm. even if they're playing for laughs more than they are in yeah. love, you know, and um. Uh, and there were some parts of it that I found a little bit predictable. So on the whole, like, if you want the, like, comedy romance kind of thing, I would just send somebody to You're the Worst yeah, rather than this. Yeah I'd, yeah, I'd rank You're the Worst way above this. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's still pretty good. And I feel like they're laying groundwork that could lead to something really good um, like in, in season, season two. two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just finished watching, I think, the last episode that we watched was the Andy Dick episode, which was super funny. It was super funny. Andy Dick really did good. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, man, it's an Andy Dick episode. They're just, like, trotting him out because he's friends <laughs> with somebody on the show. But, yeah. like, he was really funny and, like, kind of compelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Do, they, they do sassafras and get on the wrong metro. <laughs> yeah, and then ride it for forever. <laughs> it's, like, the best. Why don't they just get off? Well, I don't, I don't really understand. I think it might be an L.A. thing. Yeah. But I think that, um, like, it's a direct line to the valley. Okay. Like so, I think it's like literally you get on and it's like an hour later you're like. Yeah. Then that's the next stop, and then it's like thirty minutes back or right. whatever. Like it's you know kind of like a a super duper version of the Longay Metro where it's hmm. like you're just you're fucking stuck and you go to this point. Maybe maybe I don't know. that's kind of what I thought because she also didn't have signal. Right. 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 Like, so yeah, but not you wouldn't necessarily in the metro anyway. It's kind of yeah. No, no, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But I was like, she didn't have signal for like the entire time. You yeah. Know? Like it wasn't like anyway. Who knows. I would recommend it, Scott, since you don't uh, yeah. have other digital... Hold on, hold on. You should try it and see if Marissa laughs. Maybe this will be a thing that will like get her comedy bone <laughs> tickled. It's not... It's. This is the worst thing. I was going to say, it's not hilarious, so she might like it. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever play this for her. I've, I've made fun of her comedy tastes like yeah. a whole bunch because things that i find hilarious she hates things that i yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, we, we've seen eye to eye on things that i find funny but like things that i find are like uproariously funny she's like no like you are wrong i don't know i found th- i found there are too many of those like cringe scenes where like somebody's acting super awkward and like doesn't know what's about to happen and the viewer knows what's about to happen and you're like oh my god it's gonna be terrible and what? then it's all awkward one thing yeah. that i kind of thought was cool about it was i didn't realize it Really, until uh, they went on the first date to the Magic Castle. Yeah, that that I was, was really good. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. W- that was super fun. Um, that they don't interact very much up until that point. Mm-hmm. There's you see them on the show all the time, so you're getting to know them, but they're only like texting and like a few phone calls. Yeah, and like they've run into each other in passing and stuff, and then you're like watch that episode, and you're like, well, these people kind of don't know each other. They only like surface know each other. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of – it's kind of interesting because you're, like – you're watching the show that's clearly about two people falling in love. Yeah. Uh, and But, like, it, that's episode, like, six or seven. Yeah, even farther, I would say. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like that that's, like, two-thirds of the way through the show before they actually hook up. It's, like, it, it plays very differently from, like, most romantic comedy where it's just sort of, like – they meet and have the night of their life and then fucking or do whatever. I, I, that's actually exactly why I, w- I was like not on board with the relationship whatsoever until after that Magic Castle episode. Because yeah. it's just like it's a bad date that they both know it went bad, but at least they like they're still interested in each other enough to want to keep going. Like yeah, I yeah. could see that scenario playing out and it was like very thoroughly believable. I thought that was a real high point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was super cool. And I, I mean, I, and I kind of like I get it, too, because I was like, like Sarah and I were talking about various dates that you could go on. Where you'd be like, no, I get it. I get why this went wrong. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't us. It was just, like, the thing we were doing. Right. And I was like, because I was like, if you ever, like, took me, like, like uh, as an early date to be like, we're LARPing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you have a head on your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. But, but that's the thing is, like, she's like, it wouldn't necessarily be a deal breaker. She'd be like, oh, that's a thing you're into that I am not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> We can maybe move past this, and if you want to keep doing that thing... Have fun. Just fucking have fun. I'll yeah. stay at home and do whatever. 
I kind of wanted to go to the Magic Castle now. That yeah. looked like a great fucking time. Magic Castle looked great. Yeah. Scott, do you have a date thing? that A, a date that you would enjoy yourself on, but if you, like, fucked up and took Marissa on, it would be, like, a botch? Oh, God. <coughs> the arcade bar? <laughs> really? No. I think be you think? Much. Doesn't Pac-Man like some old school games, kind of? She does, but I think if we it was like, so now I'm going to, Put a quarter in this thing and not look at you for twenty minutes. No, but you don't like, put it with <laughs> like you. you don't play it sounds t- like a terrible date. Okay, no, but you know, okay. Listen, that's you being an asshole. That's not the arcade bar's fault. <laughs> like, you, if you're going to the arcade bar, you need to play no, some two-player games with her. Like, if you're like, oh, I'm gonna fucking watch me fucking do a speed run through X-Men fucking versus Capcom, <laughs> some shit. That's on you. If I were like to take Sarah to an arcade and be like, watch me beat Power Stone on one quarter, <laughs> or or like, let's play Street Fighter. <laughs> hey, I won again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's not the arcade bar's fault. Like, I feel like you would go to an arcade bar and, like... What What game in the arcade is date-friendly? Gauntlet Legends. Streets of Rage. Double Dragon. The cooperative X-Men arcade Beat-em-ups? game. Beat-em-ups? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Turtles in Time. Yeah. There's, there's yeah, I don't think that would fly at all. Daytona. Yeah, exactly. Racing games? Yeah. Racing games, for sure. Most fighting games are not necessarily cooperative, but you could at least play, and you could be, like... Yo, I'll go easy on you. You know, you can play Chung Li and just mash kick. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the constant quick kicks. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you're just like, okay, I gotta <laughs> deal with this now. <laughs> uh, see, again, I, I think that would be a very good way to get yelled at. I suppose, but I mean, but don't like a bar like a barcade scenario. They sometimes have consoles and stuff, also, right at the booths. Like, yeah. There's a new one opening up, right? Isn't is that part of why we're discussing this? I feel like there's this yeah. like huge arcade yeah, thing. It's, it's that's all over up. my Facebook. It just keeps showing up all like the time. Play or whatever. What's it called? Scott? Yeah, it's a, it's a barcade. They got a liquor license. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, was a big thing called, because though? like selling alcohol at a place where you take quarters for video games. Yeah, man. Was like a bad thing in the like. You, that's the fucking like, best. Even. You remember how much fun Daytona at um uh, yeah well Longe obviously but also um uh fucking what was the name of that bar the really shitty hole in the wall one where you'd puke in the wall. Was the Hatters on PS? Hatters, yeah, the yeah, old yeah, Hatters. hatters. Yeah. <laughs> What's the name of the bar? We're actually talking about a Montreal thing that's opening. Yeah. Scott. Find it. The Barcade? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the one that you literally just said was all over your Facebook feed. Yeah, I'm pulling it right now. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. I don't think a Barcade would automatically be a bad time. No, not at like, all. Especially, yeah. especially if there was like a, like if you could get like a booth with an old console or whatever, you could be like, let's fucking play this whatever. This old shitty game that I used to play. Yeah, exactly. Like, sh- like swap for, childhood stories, man. That's exactly. Great, like, yeah. for instance, like for Sarah. I definitely could make it work if there was a uh, almost forgot the name Mario Kart. Right. If there was like a Mario Kart scenario. I could be like, we're gonna go to this bar, play some Mario Karts. I think that it wouldn't be necessarily like the crux of the evening, but like no. pop in for like an hour or two. I don't think that would be a deal breaker. Uh, you could go there after the dinner. Yeah. <clears throat> the bar is called North Star. Okay. It's on Saint Laurent. Fist of the and North Star. And it is Star. where Corova used to be. Oh. Yeah. What metro? Metro up Saint Laurent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it'd be it'd be Metro probably Saint Laurent, and then taking the bus or walking up. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, you could walk to Corova. It'd be like a little bit of a walk, but you probably want to grab. I think that's what is it, the eighty. Yep. Go to there, people. Yeah, I, I guess go to there. support a barcade. <laughs> support thing. We were talking about almost as exact. They have a sweet selection of pinball machines. Really? Oh shit! That's, that's fucking cool. awesome. Uh, I was I was like when we were at PAX, they had the the Twilight Zone pinball machine, and I was like, yeah. man, I was like. Pinball is one of those things where I'm like, I'm not extremely good at it, but like, nothing delights me like playing some pinball. Yep. Like, I'm just like, wee! <laughs> it's like, I'm not even excellent at it, like, in any way. What's kind of fun is like, you got getting to know a table. Yeah, exactly. Like, you got to learn how to play a particular table. And when you get good at it, and then you start to be able to like, play it for longer and longer and longer, yeah, it's yeah, good yeah. fun, man. It's a, it's a cool, yeah. like, that's a been, I think that's like, on my like, dream man cave yep. scenarios. Having a pinball machine would like outrank having an old arcade cabinet. Really? Like, uh, Ooh, cause just really? because you, because you'd get to own that pinball machine, and you could like go down and practice it like again and again and again, in like a way that I've never experienced with a pinball machine. And then right. I could be like, Shh, this, you know, whatever. <laughs> hold, hold on, Daddy's playing pinball, and then it's going to be a half hour later. You're still on the same yeah, quarter. Yeah, exactly. Just wait till my end of my this life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like just like having a having a machine. Like there's no single game like 
like I'm saying, a single arcade cabinet, not like a, a main emulator the thing is, arcade cabinet. With yeah, a you could do an emulator cabinet. Exactly. It would be amazing. It'd be super cool, too. Like, but I'm just saying, but like, versus a single arcade machine versus a single pinball machine, I would take a pinball machine over an arcade machine. Huh. There's no arcade machine that I think I'd want to, like, drop hours into the way I would. I would really like to experience mastery over a pinball table. Right. Which I don't... Well, I, if I was going to do a project like that, it would definitely be the, like... The Super Nintendo with every Super Nintendo game in a arcade cabinet. Now, what you want is you want, I believe it's called MAME. Yeah. The M-A-M-E emulator, which is the actual arcade emulator. Oh, yeah. So you'd have, like, the big old sprites and whatever else like that. Like, all the old Neo Geo stuff, yeah, all yeah. the old Capcom stuff. Like, there is a cap. Like, it does up to, I think, like, games from 1999. Or right, whatever, right. But like, that's the important ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what you want is, like, the arcade emulated. Not necessarily a Super Nintendo. I'd want, like the shitty games <laughs> like but like first of all bigger sprites second of all like the like a lot well, of you the could do both there's no uh, yeah, yeah for sure yeah. obviously i was like but a lot of like the hard quarter munchers never even got really ported to super nintendo yeah yeah because yeah. they were just like fucking weird ass games <laughs> like true so, true super cool anyway yeah, pinball i would do pinball at north star <laughs> uh, oh yeah i was just saying talking about barcades yeah uh, i had my my buddy eric was one of the guys who was over here on saturday and we were talking about like how um like merchants are like catering to man babies in their thirties. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure that gourmet hamburgers were like not a thing until we ended up with disposable income. Oh, totally. Like our parents would like go out for hamburgers when they were in their twenties and poor. They wouldn't go out to their hamburgers when they're in like their mid thirties. But now we're like, ooh, fancy hamburgers because. It- it's been like that with the film industry for quite some time. Television as well is like catering to us, the the nerds with money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That well, it, like man children. Right. <laughs> and barcades are just like that, being like, yeah, okay, I'm like, I'm kind of done with like heading to a bar and drinking all the time. Like I'm in my 30s and all video games and drinking. I'm back. Yep. <laughs> like I'm back at that thing. Like there's just a ton of things I feel that are just like built for us. Like I'm totally okay with yeah, that. I'm this fine is with it too. Yeah. I, I literally I I pay money to have a box of like toys and a T-shirt delivered to me every month. That was <laughs> <laughs> that was not a thing that my dad even had available to him. Not that would ever want it. No. <laughs> like when my dad was like, hold on, my dad was you're like, almost thirty and you want a box of toys delivered to your house every month. I'm almost thirty. I'm fucking thirty-two. 30, I do. I do. Exactly. So yeah. When my dad was my age. I my brother was like eight and I was two, mm-hmm. and I think they were on their like second full house. Yep. Like not just like a condo, whatever. I think they had already owned like homes. And or even worse, go to your granddad. Like my, at my at my age, he was on his second wife and his like fifth kid, yeah. and six years in World War Two. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'd be like. How many people have you killed at age 32? You're like, well, none. <laughs> I play video games, <laughs> pussy. <laughs> just like, I'm sorry, Jaja. Uh, you know what I watched today on YouTube? What I watched you watch? a YouTube thing. Uh-huh. A weird gamer guy. Have you seen or heard of this? I've seen well, many weird gamer guys. Th- it's it the is, internet keys. This it's is pretty great. And it's like, it is, it is a one-trick pony, uh-huh. but it's the funniest fucking thing in the world. You know that those videos... Where they're like, we're here at E3, and we just watched the, like, this and this. We're going to talk to some fans about, like, what they're having fun in E3. And they're basically just kind of, like, E3 commercials. People are like, oh, man, ton of games, a lot of games. Okay. Saw, saw Diablo launch. It was the best. Like, you know, like, those videos that, like, they're usually put out by, like, IGN or whatever. And they're they're just, like, like, hype videos, I guess? Yeah, but they're not even, like, hype for a particular thing. It's more just, like, hype for an event. And they kind of have that tone of like you know like when they when those c- movie commercials of like where people are just like just saw the movie and they're like right. it was great and like yeah. they're not actually saying anything of substance they're just kind of giving like a positive review of the event that they're at okay okay so like, anyway so it uses that format and then this like guy shows up and they're just sort of like and like we have a fan here or whatever and they're sort of what's your name? He's like, uh I don't know I mean I mean, maybe maybe the shirt that I'm wearing and he like shows and he's like wearing a Diablo shirt he's like, mm-hmm. maybe that's the best game maybe that's the best game I don't know what do you want I don't know. And then like just like acts like super weird, and you're just sort of like, you know, like why, uh, like why, why, why do I come to A3? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why I came to A3. Maybe because it's better than shaming myself in the basement every day while I drink tiny wines. And then like <laughs> the, the announcer just like, kind of just like gets like dead. It just keeps getting like weirder, weirder. Yeah. Uh, and he's always like his catchphrase is, I don't know. Like, yeah. Every, whenever he asks a question, 
I don't know, maybe because it's better than going to Arby's and getting yelled because I showed up for two minutes later. And I'm not like you, Mike. I'm not like you, Mike. <laughs> just like, <laughs> like more and more aggressive. And it's just him at all these different events. Like he went to Jared's Masquerade Ball at like whatever, some con. Okay. And it just keeps doing these things. And like they're obviously set up and the person kind of knows what they are. But it's, right. just, it's fucking very funny. It's a guy named Andrew Bowser who does it. Okay. Who also uh, works on um, some Nerdist videos and a bunch of other stuff. He did one called like uh the morning after halloween okay. which is like very funny and very weird he he just does like weirdly like super off-putting characters that you're just like oh, i don't want to talk to this person is, is it like cringe comedy or is it like no he, it's legitimately funny okay it's okay. like you're not cringing at him like his his comedic timing and stuff is like is very very funny it's huh. like it, it is awkward comedy like almost always because but it's not just like like because he does like the fast talking and everything, he's not just playing like a weird dork. He's right. playing like a very like specific kind of guy. Anyway, so yeah, if you if you haven't seen it, I guess uh, Google weird gamer guy is the easiest way. Not Andrew Bowser. You won't get to it. Probably, but I mean, but if you're you want to remember and you don't have a pen and paper, weird gamer guy. Is <laughs> the weird gamer guy, I think, is like uh, that. And he also he oh he did this like he did this sick like uh, demo reel mm-hmm. where he was just like it's like him like dressed in pink with like hard sunglasses and he's like my name's Andrew Bowser. And I'm looking for a relationship with an agent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a romantic video. But like for an agent. For an agent. That's amazing. It's like, I direct all kinds of movies. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty solid. So yeah, YouTube stuff, man, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, Scott, what so, do you do? <laughs> so, John, Keith and I did something this weekend. Mm-hmm. We, did. we took a two-year-old to a professional wrestling show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. CWA. Did the uh, two-year-old appreciate the magic of professional wrestling? He he appreciated the most. (laughs) Like the most. If every fan in the audience reacted like him, yeah, those wrestlers would have been so happy. Yeah, like a regular body slam, and Archer's like, "Oh, that's amazing!" And I was like, "This is not a great match. (laughs) 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 This is this is a slow match." Bad build, bad pacing, everything about a body slam. Oh, yeah. I was like a man to be too. <laughs> he he bought into it. He wanted to know who the good guy was, who the bad guy was, and uh, every bump that that hit the mat was just like mind blowing to him. Mm-hmm. That's freaking yeah, awesome. Cool. Um, uh, how was it? Would uh, you guys uh, want to plug CWA at all? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Uh, they're cool. They're uh, they're trying to kind of uh, I guess start back up again to be a bit more of a family friendly okay. promotion because like right now the two big promotions operating out of Montreal are uh, IWS and Battle War. Okay. And both of them are, I mean, like Battle IWS got famous for its like hardcore blood and sp- splatter matches and whatever. Okay. They have kind of they've taken a, that away. That was the one we went to go yeah, see, yeah, right? That's yeah. It. Like, like now there's like instead of like ten matches of hardcore fights, it's like two matches of hardcore fights and then eight matches of regular wrestling, right? Because that's not really what people are even into anymore. Like, yeah. I mean, I think there are some people who are into that, but like even if you look it's down hard. in the states, like it's hard to watch a lot of that. Yeah, exactly. Because it's usually it's not very like athletic or well done. It's no, just, it's just bloody. Yeah, it's just guys <laughs> smashing shit into their right. faces. Like, and if you look at like CZW even, like they've gotten away from it and they were huh. like, that's Combat Zone Wrestling and they, they got famous for their death matches and stuff. And so there's IWS, which first of all has like hardcore matches that are really violent. People like swear and like they had storylines about uh, Mike Patterson being addicted to crack. I was just going to say, we started the like <laughs> uh, crack is awesome chant. Yeah, exactly. That's great. You know, Mike Patterson being addicted to crack. Right. Uh, Battle War, they don't really do the hardcore matches, but mm-hmm. they do still, like, it's at a bar yeah. <laughs> where they serve alcohol and there's a lot of swearing. And so CWA, it was this, like, it's a Montreal promotion. They were operating on a Sunday yeah. afternoon, like, yeah. doors at 3, show at 3.30 kind of thing. Nobody swore, I think, except uh, Velvet Jones swore once, right? I think he slipped the, up. The, owner, the, the, the president swore once, too, in the opening promo. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that they... They kind of messed up, like, but you could tell they were like. Oh yeah, he, he, it sounded like he slipped. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, like, he, like at one point, like, like during his in-ring trash talk, he called the guy a fat featherless goose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and you're like, that's that's adorable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like hilarious trash talk. That's it. Yeah, Velvet, Velvet, I think messed up because uh, he's used to be the manager for Black Dynamite, uh-huh. and now he's the manager for White Chocolate, who's a great Dynamite. big fat white guy, okay. and he tries to get people to chant white, 
mm-hmm. again and again. So like white, 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 and then some people did, and that was kind of awkward. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> like the song is like like W H I T E. What does he do? Fuck, like, <laughs> like white chocolate. <laughs> like that's like the song, and right. I think like Velvet says like, what does this man do? He'll fuck you up. <laughs> Whoops. Like, yeah. Didn't probably like because it's like the catchphrase. Was there a lot of kids there? Eh, handful. There were a few kids. Yeah, there yeah. were a few kids. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know exactly if that's. I mean, the crowd was probably under two hundred people, and there's probably a good six or seven kids there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. But but I mean, at the same time, it wasn't an empty crowd by like any stretch of the imagination. There was like most of the seats that they put into the venue were filled. It's pretty yeah. good. What was the venue? Uh, Verdun Community the Center. Community Center in Verdun. Huh. Yeah, exactly. And it also featured Carlito, w- former WWE superstar who was famous for spitting in your face if you didn't want to be cool. Wow. His catchphrase was, I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. And he would carry around an apple, and then he would take a bite of the apple. Spit the and apple? And spit it in your face. Did he do that to anybody? He did that to Mike Patterson, man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Patterson got to have apple spit in his face by Carlito, which I'm sure was a bucket list item. Yeah. <laughs> for Mike P. <laughs> How is old Mike? I haven't seen him in forever. He's doing great. He was on yeah. our uh, our 100th episode. Yep, if you want yep, uh, yep. 100th episode of Go Plug Yourself. We had Mike Patterson get more and more drunk on stage with Walter and I. <laughs> it was just a great time. Yep. <laughs> Telling stories about... Uh, so <laughs> this is just, I guess, a preview uh, if you want to go back to the 100th episode. Uh-huh. Um, Mike Patterson's brother, not Nick, but the other one, mm-hmm. was really like concerned about keeping the party vibe going in the car so they were driving down to albany for his bachelor party okay so assigned everybody in the car with a task to like provide 30 to 45 minutes of entertainment huh that's kind of cool like if it was you know like telling a story or like doing whatever so walter decided to uh have a printed out presentation about how the illuminati was pro wrestling <laughs> so anyway that's on go plug yourself 100 if you want to go back to it it's like a fucking half the episode is the story of them like and then fucking getting pulled over at the um at the border crossing with yeah. all these like documents open with like pyramids and like whatever all printed out <laughs> and they all have these papers and the border cross like what they were like they didn't say anything but yeah they, they actually searched the car so anyway it's like and you're just sort of like these guys are probably like these fucking morons yeah a bunch of grown-ass men with their stupid illuminati bullshit Anyway. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Mike Patterson's doing pretty well. He's uh, uh and I mean I guess we'll give throw a quick plug to IWS, which is coming up in two days. This is Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, where Mike Patterson, mm-hmm. who um manages Black Dynamite, right, is also in IWS and also the headlining event of that is Mike Bailey, who we just had on last week, is wrestling WWE former superstar Rey Mysterio Jr. Oh crazy. Like a a wrestler that you even know. Yeah, the I name know, of. I've actually seen that guy. <laughs> Exactly, so that's like a pretty big deal for IWS. Right. But yeah, CWA uh, was pretty good, eh, Scott? Yeah, no, I had a good time. Mm-hmm. Archer uh, gave us two good hours before he politely said he wanted to go home. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, that, that's oh. like a long that, what time. What a trooper, yeah. Two hours of watching guys get bumped around? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He ate two hot dogs. <laughs> is, is that, that a was, lot? That was like his big demand. He was like, Dad, I would like a hot dog. I would like another hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, if you're gonna sit here quietly and watch some more, some more wrestling. <laughs> but I guess, and then, I, yeah, he didn't, he didn't throw a tantrum and he didn't freak out. He just said, uh, yeah, I'm done. It's five o'clock. Let's go home. I've got a, uh, a parenting question for you, Scott. Shoot. Um, do you tell Archer that Santa Claus is real? Yeah, yeah, for now. Okay. Uh, does he think wrestling is real? Hmm. No, I told him it was a show. Okay. But like interesting. Just, interesting. Like, that, yeah. that, I'm kind of. I was trying to like get my like head around when I was watching it. Like, do you? But do you think like he understood that it was a show, or did you think it was like a combat show? Like, where did he think that the guy was actually getting smashed? I think the fact that he and I wrestled for 20 minutes before going to see the show. <laughs> yeah, I was there. Helped. <laughs> I think he picked him up and like body slammed him. <laughs> right, right, right. Whatever else like that. Oh, so. Keith was there like Jimmy Mouth of the, ha- Mouth of the South Heart, just like pick him up, throw him. Yeah. Spear. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I'm trying to think of like moves that you can do to a, like a tiny little kid like without completely <laughs> uh, destroying him. Right. <laughs> Keith wasn't just sitting there quiet, awkward. Like he was shouting out instructions for me to destroy a two-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Right. As you do. I should have gone in the car and gotten a megaphone. 
<laughs> it was like super loud at the kid. Exactly. Okay, well that sounds like a uh, delightful Sunday afternoon with the fam. Yeah, no, it was uh like it could have gone bad, but oh, yeah. Archer was into it. So yeah, yeah exactly. Like I, I I'd say most like a good chunk of the card were like people that I knew, like Green mm-hmm. Phantom was there, Sexy Eddie was there, whatever. And uh and Green Green Phantom was around he's like, Oh man, I'm going on second to last and I was like, oh, I'm probably gonna miss it and he's like, Oh, he's like, Why are you like have somewhere to be? And I was like, I'm here with a two year old man. I was like the odds of him making it to the like second to last match is pretty very slim. He's like, slim. He's like yeah. man, that's fair. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, as long as he doesn't start like crying and ruining other people's time, and I was, and he didn't. Like, yep. and I was like, that's yeah. also a fear too, right? That's he, pretty good for a two year old man. All like the the sounds and screaming and like whatever. That's good. Yeah, no, good like, crowd. yeah, like he got fussy at best, right? Which I mean, well, he didn't. He couldn't get comfortable on the chair. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was, like, one of those grade school chairs, like, blue plastic kind of right, thing. Right, right, Yeah, exactly. And so I mean, unless like, you were in the okay. front row, also, there was no chance of him sitting and seeing, right? Yeah. yeah like, he had to stand up on the chair or sit on me mm-hmm. for most of it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, part of the reason I wanted to sit in the back was because I didn't know if he was going to flip out, and then we'd have to, like, sneak out. Right, right. If I was sitting front row, then I'd be like, sorry, sorry, excuse me, pardon me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, so I guess that's a testament to uh, the pure entertainment value of <laughs> wrestling. Wrestling. I also guess I guess we could, we could talk about wrestling a little bit. We usually do. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you, you. Something happened that Scott is very excited about. <laughs> Damn right! One of my favorite wrestlers of all time came back. Which one? Shane McMahon. What? The son of Vince, Vince McMahon's McMahon. son. Okay. He's back. He he had retired from wrestling. Legitimately. Like, even... Legitimately, he was like, "I am going to go do another business venture." Like, what did he do? This this is a family business. I'm gonna go out and do not wrestling for like what six years, seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a while. Like, yeah, I think it's been six years since he was on TV, and it's been almost like a decade since he was really in like wrestling stuff. Because he was on TV during the brand split as a brand split brand split as a GM, right? Like he was. He got. He wasn't down. really fighting. He got yeah. SmackDown and Steph got Raw. And there was like a SmackDown Raw. There was a bunch of weird shit. <coughs> anyway, he got he got the WCW stuff. Steph got the ECW stuff. Yeah, exactly. There's a whole whole big thing, but that was that was a yeah. Anyway, that was a mess of a storyline. That's 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 not the best thing that Shane's ever done. No, well, best well, thing that Shane's ever done is jumped off the Titantron. Yes, big old elbow drops off the Titantron. Whoa. Uh, Kurt Angle threw him through glass. And the glass didn't break, so Kurt Angle threw him again. Like, at his request. Because it wasn't yeah. breakaway glass. Yeah. What? That's really fucking <laughs> stupid. It was thin glass, but it wasn't, like, stunt glass. Like, uh, okay. So very he threw fun. him at it, bounced off it, and Shane was like, do it again. Do it again. Yeah, exactly. Does huge. He has, like, one of his moves going coast to coast, which is where he knocks the man into the corner, mm-hmm. and then he throws a garbage can at the guy, then goes to the opposite turnbuckle, and then flies all the way across the ring to kick the garbage can into the guy's face. Nice. Which is a very big jump for yeah. kind of like a tubby dude. Like, I mean, not, not tubby. I guess he's just a little out of shape, a little round. Like Scott-shaped? No, no, no. He's way smaller than Scott. Okay. Like, okay. Hey. <laughs> he is. Who, would you, who, who is, like, who has Shane McMahon's body type that we know like uh, it's it's hard to tell because he's always wearing a baseball jersey. Yeah, exactly. He's always wearing like, a baseball jersey and track pants because he was never like a wrestler, wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, he d- did a bunch of crazy spots. So he shows up um, following Fastlane, uh, which is where John got a parasite at WWE Fastlane. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was the pay per view that you were watching. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> um, following Fastlane, the uh, the inevitable happened, which was Roman Reigns uh, won the triple threat against Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose. So now Roman Reigns is going to challenge Triple H for his title at WrestleMania, and that's okay. pretty much locked. They have about six weeks to flesh out a rivalry and whatever mm-hmm. going on, but like that's that's the story. That's the story. At least one of the stories going into WrestleMania, and. The other story, or at least lack of story, was that Re- Undertaker was supposedly going to come back at Mania. He always does. Right. And he but isn't he done? Wasn't that dirt? Yeah, no, he's not like retired, retired okay. yet. He's he's just, he's on a very light schedule. Like right. He wrestles like two, three times a year now. And they they keep saying he's almost done, and he keeps like going to the gym and like checking with doctors and whatever. Like right. I really think he's one of those guys who, until someone tells him he cannot wrestle. I feel like I watched his last match, and it was like super not very interesting. 
Yeah, that was the one against the, the Wyatts, and it was kind of yeah. crappy. But yeah. like a few months earlier, he had done a really good match against Brock Lesnar. Huh. Where yeah, they, I didn't see that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was so. I mean, like, I think he like probably has on nights and off nights. So anyway, long story short, they're giving the Vincent J. McMahon excellent like legacy of excellence award <laughs> or something okay and it's so funny because everyone's like okay this is totally going to be a work it's going to go to triple h or steph or someone right of course it goes to steph there's like stephanie mcmahon his daughter like yeah. there's so much like there's there was like heat like the crowd is booing but then even if you were following on like squared circle like the smarks were like this is such a bullshit angle yeah like, this is dumb like it's such like it's such a dumb, boring storyline. Do, do you think that that's the angle they're going for? They're trying to oh, like. Oh, hundred percent. I think they were trolling everybody. Every, yeah. Everybody. They're generating so much heat, and then right before Steph gets to do her like acceptance speech, Shane McMahon's music hits, and like, I don't think I've heard a crowd go that like nuts since like Stone Cold came out. Like, wow. Just so much pop for this, like. I, I sent the gif in the thread for a dude in like in skinny jeans wearing a little thing doing a goofy little dance cause, like, <laughs> that's what his thing like it's just like he's wearing skinny jeans sneakers and a blazer right like it's very foolish and you're like there's no like there's no outside of wrestling world where that guy showing up is the biggest fucking deal you know you're like right like okay like a doofus in skinny jeans just showed up and did a little dance why is this freaking out but fans fucking love him he says he wants to like he then shits on the on the product for the last six years, mm-hmm. being like, "One after I told you you'd run it into the ground, and you've ran it into the ground. Like ratings are down. Like the f- you don't have the fans engaged." Like, Is it possible that was a work? I don't think it was no, a work that's for a fact. six years. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think they. That's a fact. Okay. <laughs> ratings are as low as they've ever been on. Okay. On, on yeah. Raw and like the last time they were this low, it was because there was another wrestling show on. Wow. Monday nights. Yeah. So, like, people were watching wrestling. They just weren't watching their wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's, people are not watching wrestling. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like a, it's a bit of a problem. <laughs> so, anyway. So, I mean, like, yes, they're they're taking reality and they're making it a storyline. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it works. Okay. So, is he actually coming back to, like, save wrestling? And Vince is like, okay, cool, but you've been gone for a long time. You need to win a wrestling contest okay. to – Get take the show over. Show. Right. It's going to be against Undertaker at WrestleMania in a Man. Hell in a Cell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and fucking the crowd's like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just it's so ridiculous. And they were like, man. And they were like, uh, someone on Squared Circle was just sort of like, this is like one of those times where they're like, the WWE has like just like skimmed into like what's okay for me to accept and then like gone way past it. And, like, somehow I'm cool with it. You're like, this is by far, like, the dumbest kayfabe thing in the world. Like, you want control of the show? You have to wrestle for you it. You need to wrestle the undead wizard in a hell in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> that will mean you're in charge of the show. And you're right. like, what do those two things have to do with each other? Like, the ability to run a show has nothing to do with beating an undead wizard. Right. But he has All to right, fight John, an undead wizard. The reason, the reason I like Shane O'Mac is because he's the son of the owner of the company, right? Right. He doesn't really need to do anything. He could play a character that is a spoiled rich boy yeah, and be like, I'm the bad guy. Uh, everyone boos me. Mm-hmm. But he jumps off the Titan Tron. Like, there are wrestlers who will refuse to do that. Yeah. Like, you know? Some of his spots are, like, by far some of the craziest spots ever. And you're like, and it's the owner's son doing that for, like, inexplicable reasons. Pretty cool. And there was, there was an interview with him, uh, like, way back in the day where he talked about, he's like, I grew up with these guys. And, like, I knew that if I was going to work with them as a part-timer, which I always was, yeah. like, I had to fucking go hard. Yeah. Because otherwise yeah, yeah. they'd be like, Ugh, I'm he's, he's just here to phone it in, get his paycheck, and get the fuck out. Well, right? exactly. That's it. Or, yeah. like, oh, I'm in a Shane. Get a taste, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm in a well, Shane. No, I did my match, guys. I'm one of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, that's it. so he was like, I, he's like, I just was like, okay, I'm going to go hard and throw my body on the line. And he's like, and I even, like, he's like, I would... He's like, it, it's stupid, but he's like, I would risk injury because, like, I knew that if I got hurt flying off the Jumbotron, like, I wasn't going to be wrestling for the next year because I wasn't going to be wrestling for the next year anyways. Right. You know, like, he's like, so I'd be like, whatever. So, like, it gave him kind of, like, that freedom to be even crazier. It's still pretty crazy. The ju- still how, how high is the Jumbotron? The ton? Man, I just watched the video again. It is really high. <laughs> It, it, it it's is like really, it's in, it's really in high. Crash like away he boxes, lands on but Big Show on misses. a crash pad, but yeah, he comes he really close really to missing that crash pad too because he's a crazy person and just like flung himself off of it. 
Jeez. Like, but even just his his elbow to the outside, he just like flails. Like it's just right. Because like you said, he's like, I'll just I'll go nuts because. I mean, like, assuming he's not going to kill himself, but he's like, if I break my arm, I literally, I don't need to wrestle on Monday. And right. It doesn't r- remove my well-being or whatever, you know? And I mean, like, I don't think he ever even got that badly injured doing any of this stuff, but he was like, in my head, I was just never that worried because he was like, even if I did hurt myself, I wasn't an active roster member. Okay, like, so he's coming back now for WrestleMania? At least building up to WrestleMania, and we right. don't know if he's going to he's gonna show up anyway. But yeah, people are, uh, people are super into it, and they're super excited. Hmm. So uh, I guess wrestling. WrestleMania still, I think, like four or five weeks away, and that's that. <laughs> was that the 90s? I think that was the 90s. Do you have anything? Uh, any last words, Scott? I went to see the dinosaur exhibit in the old port with my that? two-year-old boy today. It was cool. There were big animatronic dinosaurs, and then like a bunch of other exhibits that you could go play in. It was a little bit like the Ottawa Science Museum. Okay, awesome. So I love that place. Interactive. Yeah, and he had a great time. Are you like kindling a love affair with dinosaurs? It's like critical for all young men. You don't even know. Next time you see him, oh yeah, he's gonna tell you dinosaur facts. Yeah, yeah, wicked. Like like complicated. All the dinosaurs, like the weird stuff, like Ankylosaurus and and Mycopachycephalosaurus. Right. Yeah, yeah. Little two-year-olds rattling off like. I guess that's Cephalosaurus. Right. But like he's. Cephalophysis. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. He had a good time. It was fun. It was like when John and I went to walking with dinosaurs. <laughs> it was. It was a whole bunch of children, and then you, me, and Sarah. <laughs> the best. Yep. This was the 9 to 5 Entertainment System, everybody. Goodbye. site in general uh please take the time to like us on facebook we are number nine to five d-o-t-c-c nine to five dot cc on facebook and uh also follow us on twitter we're at sign number nine to number five cc on twitter so uh and also be sure to check back on the site for something on mondays probably uh we have zombies and loathing after the bomb usually on tuesdays we have a new comic in 95 illustrated every wednesday a new podcast every week usually on thursday it's either going to be a 90s or a go plug yourselves and on fridays we have fine arts with either sophie and scott and uh you know maybe john will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point too you can only hope all right thanks 95.cc we're not working why should you Thanks for listening.